Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly on KFAN, presented by Devonis. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is also brought to you by Grain Belt Premium, No Name Butcher Quality Meats, Honda, Town Hall Family, and by the Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball and League Safe's Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson, here's Paul Charchian. What a beautiful, well, it's rainy, but it's a beautiful Saturday morning for fantasy football fans. So close to games that matter and opportunities to make money in fantasy football. Uh, it is Nordo in for Paul Charchi in today. Uh, I do want to say, you know, bless Charch, bless his brother, bless his entire family, both today and uh, and moving forward. Um, he is out today, but uh, so I'm going to sit in this big chair. I'm not going to pretend to offer the same elite analysis and nerdery of one Paul Charchian, uh, but I'm going to put it on a tee uh, so that my guys here in studio names you definitely will recognize as well. Uh, most both Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. Hey, that's Brian, me, Brian Johnson uh, at BTXJ what up, on Twitter. Uh, thanks for having me in today, and uh, <laughs> and as I said. You know, I am. Uh, I'm not going to step on toes or try to pretend I'm anything other than a guy that just drafts off of Charch's cheat sheet every single year and tries to win money. You're going to make us sound pretty, though. That's the important part. Well, so, sorry, Charch, 24 years, right? And this is 24 years straight without missing a show. Unreal. That's a uh, yeah. That's a Cal Ripken like streak. Cal Ripken would be jealous of that. Story. Yeah, Cal exactly. Ripken couldn't pull that off. It certainly, that it certainly is. Uh, Twenty four years, as you guys mentioned, and uh, sometimes life does actually just a few different types of things can actually mean more than fantasy and uh, reality. Well, reality, yeah. yes. Uh, so again, bless those guys, and he'll be back again next week. Uh, but on the road, you guys are headed to to Shell's Brewery in New Ulm, right? What's happening? It's it's the eleventh next Saturday. Yes. You guys are at Shell's Brewery. What's what's up with the big event down there? Yeah, we'll be broadcasting from ten to noon down at the uh, Shell's Brewery. Everybody, uh, if you want to take a road trip down there, it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome time. And if you're down in uh, the southern part of Minnesota, head over to New Ulm. Broadcasting live from the brewery last year it was perfect. the The day was just beautiful. We're down in the gardens. There's literally peacocks. Yeah, on the roof, cawing like, and we're big into peacocks here. I'm I'm waiting for Tony to hit the peacock button. Nordo took my bumper bar away. Oh so no, you can make it yourself. <laughs> it's preseason. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt in yeah midseason form. <laughs> nice. Wow. So uh, they'll have uh, of course grain belt beer down there. They'll have uh, pizza, um, all sorts of good stuff, and you'll be able to. Hang out in a beautiful outdoor setting and uh, listen to Fantasy Football Weekly. The place is unbelievable. You guys have seen it. Being a fan Kano native, I would go to Bachfest. Oh, yeah. usually in February. Yep. And you just walk around. They play Burning Ring of Fire basically over and over and over again. You get to drink beer in the woods for seven hours. Uh, I love Shell's Brewery. I love Grain Belt. And, uh, and so thanks again to Grain Belt, not only for bringing us this show, but you guys will be down there next Saturday. But here's this. Check this out. Next Saturday. Not next Saturday, two Saturdays from now. August 18th, Canterbury Park. Fantasy football training camp is back. Hell yeah. So, 
I do want to give thanks to our friends at Crown Royal. I'm, I'm seeing a trend here, by the way. <laughs> And I appreciate and I like this trend for fantasy football fans. Thanks to our friends at Crown Royal. You can join Matt. You can join Brian. You'll join Charge. Saturday, August 18th at Canterbury Park. It's at the Canterbury Expo Center. Starts at 4 p.m. So you'll get to watch uh, Vikes Jaguars or listen to it on the radio here on the fan. Starting at noon is where the boom will take place at U.S. Bank Stadium. And then around 4 p.m., the fantasy football training camp gets started, and you get to stop by the fans' uh, own booth, and you spin our prize wheel. You win great stuff from Crown Royal, Devonis, and Big O Tower uh, Tires. So Big O Tires is there as well. Get geared up for your fantasy football draft at Fantasy Football Training Camp with the best in the business, Paul Charchi and his crew, live and in person. You didn't mention Scott Fish on there, and Scott Fish is a very important part of the show. Well, he'll quick, be there too. Quick shout out to our promotions director yeah. Ryan Donaldson. Uh, he's fantastic in many things. He writes vibes like he's writing novellas. Sure. And so that's what I was reading from. Okay. And uh, and so no offense to Scott Fish. No. Scott Fish is going to be in attendance as well. Um, I've I've seen his work and he's he's great at it. So yeah. we need to know that's the Scott nicest Fish is man in well. fantasy football. Yeah. Bring uh, him a bring him a pickle. Yes. He loves pickles. <laughs> Everyone brings Scott Fish a pickle if you come to a fantasy training camp. Learn something every day. Uh, KFAN.com, <laughs> keyword events. Shell's Brewery next Saturday, two Saturdays from now, is the fantasy football training camp. It'll be four to six on air. And then you guys do the, the super deep dive. Yes. Just the absolute hardcore of fantasy stats-related stuff. Uh, from, I believe, 6 to 8 p.m. So you'll do that additional time after the show. Correct. correct. I'll probably be watching the uh, Viking game from Canterbury. Oh, yeah. And then right into the show. It'll be great. Yeah, Horses. Show, show up with your earbuds, listen on K-Fan, watch the ponies, play some blackjack. Absolutely. Go, perfect. It's perfect Saturday. Nice little Saturday you got there. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful Saturday. Going to Home Depot? Uh, so there's a lot going on today, and that's what I've always loved about Fantasy Football Weekly is it's kind of it's frenetic in its pace because there's typically a ton of things to get into. Now, with that said, this is year 24, August 4th. Uh, a lot of things going on, but none of them include uh, hardcore uh, regular season matchups and things. Correct. Um, but I do want to start off with this, and uh, again, in, in putting it on a T fashion, I want you guys to to break this down for me. Uh, the cool thing about the NFL every year is whether it's through free agency, it's guys that were hurt that are coming back healthy. I mean, there are a lot of big names that have either they're wearing a different jersey or they were hurt and now healthy, healthy and now hurt. Um, off-season moves uh, by various positions, and uh, why don't we do this? I'll start in the NFC. Well, I, let's go AFC. I'll go. Uh, I'll go clockwise. Okay. For the first segment, we'll start with Matt. Uh, Matt, off-season moves in the AFC positionally. Uh, just what's fresh in the NFL as we look ahead to the season? So we'll go over the quarterback position first because that's usually how it goes when you look at your fantasy lineup. Yeah. Uh, A.J. McCarron is the new quarterback in Buffalo. He came from Cincy. He's got a good chance of starting this year as the uh, as the initial starter in Buffalo over Josh Allen. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit more in the show. I love how we kick off the season with A.J. McCarron. Yeah, off. that's how we do it. We so just exciting. talk A.J. McCarron. The end. <laughs> Let us never speak of A.J. McCarron for the rest of the season. Maybe we'll end the season with A.J. McCarron. Yeah. The last answer in lightning round will be, A.J. McCarron in Week 16 for the win in your championship. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, he went from A.J. McCarron's Buffalo to Cleveland. Tyrod Taylor has an RV on site at Cleveland Browns training camp that's quarterbacks only just to teach Baker Mayfield the ropes of the NFL. 
He brought an RV in, so at the QB clubhouse, they're calling Is it. there an eventual lame duck situation for him with Baker in the fold? Absolutely, but Tyrod's going to be a requisite pro and teach Baker how to be a professional quarterback as well. And he's lamenting that Joe Flacco did not do the same for him Ooh. in Baltimore when he was a rookie. Ooh, some bitterness. Yeah, a little that. bit. All that, or they're either just cooking meth in that <laughs> in Cleveland. Exactly. Case Keenum, uh, he's the new quarterback in Denver. Some might uh, recognize his name. Came from Minnesota, obviously. He's Denver's best quarterback since Peyton Manning. Probably better than last year of Peyton Manning's career. I'm excited about to see what Case Keenum does, bring... Bring Demarius Thomas back to relevance, hopefully. So when you uh, when you guys do hardcore breakdowns, then you'll break down Case Keenum at U.S. Bank Stadium versus Case Keenum outdoors, right? Because that feels like there's there's something there that could potentially be drawn out. Over well, your home games are in Denver, so that ball flies further, right? A little off. <laughs> the thin air. He's, He's a little off. That ball balls. right over them mountains over there. <laughs> <laughs> The last quarterback that moved teams into the AFC is Teddy Bridgewater, also coming from Minnesota. He's looking at Josh McCown and Sam Darnold on that uh, depth chart. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the training camp battles, so I'll get into this a little bit later. But uh, Bridgewater's already been the subject of many trade rumors Indeed. in New York. Be good for him if he did move. Brian, you got some quarterbacks over there? For the NFC or AFC. Yeah, a guy uh, some people uh, in the local fan base might have heard of. I think his name is uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, oh, my gosh. Above average at best. <laughs> above average at best. Very nice. Uh, he's been well above average when it comes to fantasy the last three years. Uh, has finished quarterback four, five, nine over the last three years. Um, but we need to post those same numbers in Minnesota. Uh, Washington scored... 65% of their passing or touchdowns via the air over the last three years. Minnesota only 50%. A much Ooh. better defense in Minnesota, obviously. I just don't know if Cousins is going to be great. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I don't know if the fantasy numbers are going to be there, even with all the weapons he has. But uh, still a, probably a solid QB1 this season. Uh, the guy who's replacing Cousins in Washington, uh, Alex Smith, went from one uh, offensive teammate, team name to a more offensive team name. <laughs> Uh, in Washington, uh, nearly 70% of Washington's touchdowns came via the pass last year, uh, and they were top five in passing touchdowns per game. And then over the last five seasons, Jay Gruden's starting quarterback has ranked fourth, fifth, ninth. And Wait third. a minute. You just said those stats. <laughs> they well, were Kirk Cousins. Well, <laughs> I went more than three oh, years. Okay. Good. So, yeah. Alex Smith's the <laughs> And, you know, people say he's got a noodle arm, Alex Smith. According to Pro Football Focus, actually had the highest quarterback rating on deep throws last year uh, by a, a margin of 15% higher than the next guy. So he can throw the long ball. So nice. Smith will have uh, relevance in fantasy. Someone who might not is Sam Bradford going Ooh. to Arizona. It's really Sam versus his knees, right? If yeah. He's money, but can he stay healthy? Arizona's got some enticing uh, options with the healthy David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, but uh, Radford really only viable in two quarterback leagues. You don't want him in a one-quarterback league. Yeah. I like him in that situation, actually. Sure. Yeah, he's a deep sleeper, but... I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not the first guy I'm picking. No. Again, that was, sorry, that was my that was my first uh, low IQ... You're, you're chiming in, it's okay. Yeah, that was my first low energy response of the show. Do you, okay. want, do you want to team me up to the running backs now? Running backs? Yeah, there we got? go. <laughs> Carlos Hyde's a new uh, running back in Cleveland. He came from San Fran, probably the lead back to start the season on first and second down. Duke Johnson's still there. And then they drafted Nick Chubb in the in the uh, 
second round, I believe. So That feels like a training camp battle. It does. We're going to talk about that later, too. Uh, Frank Gore is my second guy. Yeah, Frank Gore. He's still in the league. Dolphins now? Dolphins now. Yeah. It's a homecoming game for Frank Gore. Brian loves homecoming games. Homecoming season. Homecoming season for Frank Gore. Uh, they brought him in to mentor Kenyon Drake. He's going to be a 10 to 12 touch guy. We're going to talk about him later, too. Jeremy Hills in New England. There's not much we need to mention there. He's probably the fifth running back on the depth chart there. Isaiah Crowell went from Cleveland to the New York Jets. He is atop the depth chart in uh, in New York. He only really needs to beat out Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire. He should get a lot of touches this year. I kind of like him as a sneaky mid to late round flyer. Doug Martin went from Tampa Bay to Oakland. It seems like John Gruden-ish. Tampa Bay to Oakland. Uh, Gruden's been gushing about Doug Martin in camp, and it's possible that he takes a giant chunk out of Marshawn Lynch's production this year. Finally, the last running back that's notable that moved is Deion Lewis, who moved from New England to Tennessee. Mike Vrabel is a Patriots guy. He brought in a former Patriots back. You're going to notice that that happened in the NFC for the Patriots guy who became a head coach, too. People are petrified that this is bad for Derrick Henry. I've still got Henry atop like a 60-40 slash... 70 30 split. I think Derrick Henry's still the man. I got a really interesting stat uh, about those two. Everyone saw the picture where oh, yeah. Henry looks like a giant and uh, Lewis looks like a little baby, but Deion Lewis in short yardage situations, one to two yards to go last year, 6.6 yards per carry. Derrick Henry, 1.9 yards per carry. <laughs> so who's the bigger man now? He's yeah. like Leroy Horde. Yeah. You want, I'm picking one. I'm taking Lewis with the lead. You want one? I'll get you three. You want five? I'll get you three. Yep. <laughs> uh, on to the wide receivers then. Well, well Brian's I got, got a I couple got running backs. We got time for uh, three before the break? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, first off, Jet McKinnon, former Viking to San Francisco. ADP out of control. Yeah. Late second, early third. Do not fall for this trap. I agree. He's getting drafted like a total bell cow. Dude has seen 20 carries once in his career. Has never seen more than 160 carries in a season. Uh, this is the stat that makes me most alarmed. Orleans Darko and Garrett Blunt both had about 20 more carries than McKinnon last year. They both had twice as many runs of 15-plus yards than the electric Jet McKinnon. Electric. Orleans Darkwa and Garrett Blunt. Wow. And one final thing. McKinnon tested out in the 99th percentile as an athlete at the Combine, right? Josh Hermsmeyer found out that last year with... Helmet and pads on, McKinnon was well under the league average of speed. So that stuff just weighs him down. Just He doesn't like wearing full, helmets and pads? Yeah. <laughs> Full-on fade, Jarek McKinnon, ADP out of this world. Don't touch him. Uh, C.J. Anderson from Denver to Carolina. Uh, I guess you can't draft C.J. Anderson because Norb Turner said Christian McCaffrey's going to touch the ball 40 <laughs> times a game. There you go. <laughs> but, it's the McCaffrey ratio. Yeah, but... Uh, Last year, uh, Jonathan Stewart was seventh in uh, red zone carries, or carries inside the five-yard line. C.J. will certainly soak those up. Cam is a threat at the goal line, of course, but uh, C.J. Anderson should yield RB2-type numbers, even with Christian McCaffrey touching the ball on every possession. <laughs> but, the uh, the McCaffrey fraction? Yep, there you go. Yeah. Mm, we'll work on that. Yep. It is week one of the preseason. And lastly, LeGarrette Blunt went from Philly to Detroit. So, so very ineffective deep in the red zone last year. Ten carries inside the five-yard line for LeGarrette Blunt. For negative seven yards and wow. one touchdown. Don't touch him. You want carry on Johnson, Theo Riddick. Heck, I might want 
Amir Abdullah over LeGarrette Blount at this point. Well, until he ran over a couple of Vikings en route to a touchdown early on in the NFC Championship. Hey, I don't remember that at all. Come on. That's not the the show for this. That didn't happen in fantasy. (laughs) Uh, Let's do this because, you know, the combination of off-season moves and as we look at training camp battles over the next couple of segments, I think that's a good opportunity for us to weave things in because we all want to hear about wide receivers. There's certainly several names to talk about there. You know, into the tight end situation, you know, for instance, the Chargers. They're trying to sign like a 50-year-old guy to play tight end for him at this stage. Uh, there's all kinds of things to talk about. It's Matt Harrison. It's Brian Johnson. This is the first, uh, the, the, the 24th anniversary of Fantasy Football Weekly is in play right now. And uh, I'm in for charge, Eric Nordquist here. And we will take calls, by the way, throughout the show uh, intermittently. So please, 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326. You know, it's preseason, but keeper questions in vogue. Uh, who should I, you know, not who should I start, but uh, big spot questions from you, the Rubes, are always uh, welcome. Throughout the show, though, later on, we still have five tough questions, and uh, I'm going to get to decide today. <laughs> so I don't know I don't know if that uh, inspires that, that's, confidence That's probably going to work out better than Charch's uh, decisions in the past. Yeah, it's it's very possible. Shots uh, fired. Shots we'll, fired right there. We'll have five, we'll have five <laughs> tough questions. Potentially my favorite segment is going to be you know, the, the evolution, and it's guys like you, uh, Matt and Brian and Charch and, and those in the industry that have really uh, put your heads together and come up with unique ways to spice up that that is fantasy football, whether it's guillotine leagues, empire leagues, just variations of the game. So I want to get, you know, thoughts from you guys on some of the variations and gameplay that can take place uh, here in the 2018 NFL season. And uh, we'll have some sleepers. Uh, again, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about fantasy football today right up until noon. It's Nordo, it's Matt Harrison, it's Brian Johnson, and uh, you are listening to The Fan. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back. It's music without words. And when you hear music without words, you know that this is a Paul Charchian production. Exactly. It's Fantasy Football Weekly on the fan. Opening day for Fantasy Football Weekly as we get closer to the 2018 season. Year 24 for FFW. It is Eric Nordquist from 9 to noon. I'm in for charge today. Uh, He'll be back uh, next Saturday when the crew is in uh, New Ulm. At Shell's Brewery for the show. Canterbury Park two weeks from today for the Fantasy Football Training Camp. Get all that info, kfan.com, keyword events. Uh, We left off next segment, and uh, the next two segments are really kind of going to be a potpourri of not only some things that happened in the offseason, but training camp battles as they exist now. And uh, Brian Johnson, uh, Fanball and League Safe in studio with me. Matt Harrison, Fanball and League Safe in studio with me. And, uh, And we'll start with you again, Matt. Uh, in terms of training camp battles as they exist, whether it's AFC and then and then weave in maybe some some offseason stuff as well. Yeah, so I'm going to start at the quarterback position, the training camp battles that somewhat matter. We'll start with Baltimore, and it's not really a training camp battle yet because it's Joe Flacco versus Lamar Jackson, but they drafted Lamar Jackson in the first round. They didn't draft him in the first round to just sit there for years and years. Flacco could hold on to this job all year, it wouldn't surprise me if Flacco was traded next week, though. 
if an injury happened to a quarterback. And and really, I think that they really want to feature Lamar Jackson. So it's something to keep an eye on. Flacco is going to win the job coming out of camp, but it's something just to keep an eye on, especially if you're in a dynasty league. Lamar Jackson's a guy that will be drafted in the first round in dynasty rookie drafts. You think the leash is short? I mean, Baltimore needing Has to, to, to win. I don't think they've have they made the playoff. I think they missed the playoffs the last three years or something like that. So it's also Ozzie Newsom's last season in in control there as the GM. So he, he might uh, pull that trigger. Yeah, if you're in a, 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 super, right there. a super flex two quarterback league, Lamar Jackson is feasible that you take him with the second overall pick in a rookie draft if you're Ooh, quarterback that, hungry. Whoa, absolutely. Yeah. That's in a rookie draft. Settle down. No, I'm excited. (laughs) All right, Buffalo, A.J. McCarron versus Josh Allen, both kind of uninspiring fantasy options, especially if LaShawn McCoy isn't in that offense. There's just nothing to talk about here. Kelvin Benjamin is the main target of his wide receiver. Charles Clay is there. Josh Allen's going to get a chance to start. I think A.J. McCarron's the guy who starts the season. But it's gross there, and I'm avoiding both Buffalo quarterbacks. Don't they have? Uh, isn't Zay Jones the one that was like naked on a balcony fighting a guy while high or something like that? Sounds like a good weekend. I don't know. Also, sounds like a Bills pregame. <laughs> yeah, tailgate. <laughs> Hashtag Bills Mafia. Ha- has yeah. to be has to be on a uh, folding table though. <laughs> uh, Cleveland Tyrod Taylor versus Baker Mayfield. I mentioned in the last segment about the RV for the quarterback club. Tyrod probably deserves the first nod. How long will be will he be able to hold off uh, Baker Mayfield for the number one spot? I seem to think as long as Cleveland's winning games, if they can win a game, let's start there. Once they win games, I think Tyrod's got the opportunity to keep the job as long as he can. If they start losing, I think Baker's going to see the nod really quickly. And finally, Josh McCown. Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater for the Jets. McCown's like 47 years old. The Jets used the top five pick on Darnold. Bridgewater's coming off one of the worst knee injuries in the history of mankind. If Darnold shows any kind of promise in the preseason, I think he has the best shot of all the rookies that were drafted in the first round last year, and there were five of them. I think Darnold's got the the opportunity to be the one rookie who can step up and win that job going into week one. So if you're speculating a Jets quarterback, Darnold's the one that I think I want to speculate there. Mm, I dig it. Uh, the running back position. Here's some training camp battles. Buffalo. It's gross. After LaShawn McCoy, and we don't know if LaShawn McCoy is going to miss time yet, you're looking at Chris Ivory versus Marcus Murphy versus Tavares Cadet. Gross. Tantalizing. Chris Ivory is probably the guy who gets the most touches here, which he used to be Beast East. And then he was Beach East. And then he was Beach East. And now, courtesy of Brian Johnson, here it is. The beast infection? The beast infection in Buffalo. Gross. You don't want him on your team. You don't want him on your team at all. Cleveland. Let's go there again. Carlos Hyde is going against Nick Chubb, and we're going to spend a little time on the Cleveland backfield later in the show, so I won't go deep into it. Those two guys are really competing for the first and second down role, where Duke Johnson's probably the third down guy. Hmm. Denver. Denver's weird. It's Royce Freeman versus Devontae Booker, and they're really calling this a timeshare. They're priding themselves in Denver on calling this a timeshare. They want it to be a 50-50 split. Freeman was a third-round pick this season. Booker was a fourth-round pick two years ago. Booker's been uninspiring, to say the least, so far in his career. It's probably Royce Freeman getting the nod, but it's maybe a 55-45 split, and it's kind of a gross backfield. You might not want any part of that one. I mentioned Frank Gore in the last segment. He's in Miami against Kenyon Drake. There's also a rookie called Kalen Bollage there. He's kind of a dark horse here. Arizona State? Yeah, Arizona State fourth rounder. He's 6'2", 230. 
He's built more like a two-down back than any of the guys they have on roster right now. Drake is a little bit smaller, 6'1", 2'10". Obviously, Drake checked a lot of the boxes last year at the tail end of the season. He had 4.9 yards per carry over the final five weeks of the year. But Frank Gore, the ageless Frank Gore, has had 200 or more carries in 12 straight years. My God. That's unreal. So Frank Gore's there, and he's going to steal touches. It's another backfield I don't want any part of, all these training camp backfields. This one I want a little bit of a part of, though. It's New England, and it's Sony Michelle versus Rex Burkhead. I'm in on Sony Michelle. I think that they drafted him in the first round to be the most electric running back New England has had maybe since Lawrence Maroney. Mm. You're going <laughs> to dog Michelle like that? No, yeah, no, he, he is enticing. Charge is big on Sony Michelle. Yeah. He'll have a lot to say about him in the coming weeks for sure. So it's worth noting in the last five weeks of the NFL season, the guy that Sony Michelle is replacing is Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis had more touchdowns than everybody in the NFL over the last five weeks of the season, except for Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Wow. He was at like a top three back over the last month of the year. So Sony Michelle. Seemingly a better draft pedigree, a better player than Deion Lewis. Is it possible we have a top five running back sitting here that you might be able to draft in the fourth, fifth, sixth round of your draft? Yeah, it's such a weird it, group there. It's it's a weird play. group, and you don't want to play with Belichick, but sometimes you gotta throw a dart. And I think Sony Michelle's one that I would do. Uh, Oakland, Marshawn Lynch versus Doug Martin. Lynch is thirty-two. Doug Martin is twenty-nine. Both are way past their prime. Gruden has been all in on Doug Martin like he's a rookie quarterback watching game tape before the draft. It's it's so weird. I have no idea how this pans out, but I think this is a close to 50-50 split as well. So if you're going to take one of these two, for me right now, I'd take Doug Martin because his ADP is much lower than Marshawn Lynch. Agreed. Last running back I'll mention, Derrick Henry versus Deion Lewis. We talked about them a little bit earlier. Deion Lewis is certainly an upgrade over DeMarco Murray. They really want Derrick Henry to be the guy in Tennessee, though. I think they're going to give him the opportunity. So now we move on to the wide receiver positions. I'm going to weave in some guys here and there. First off, Baltimore has a completely new set of wide receivers. Everybody's gone from last year. It's all new. It's Michael Crabtree, it's John Brown, and it's Willie Sneed. They're going to be battling it out for... One, two, and three, basically. And I think the way I listed them is the way that they finished. Crabtree, one. John Brown, two. Willie Sneed, three. Sneed's running out of the slot, most likely. Let's, John- let's talk local real quick. And he's not a wide receiver. He's a tight end. Is Max Williams going to show up finally? No. Caught a touchdown no. in the HOF game. There you go. <laughs> oh, Nordo says he's, he's showing up. Island. No. Yeah, I don't I'm, we're, pulling, we're pulling for you, Max. Come on, buddy. Of course yeah. we are. Uh, a new guy in Cleveland is Jarvis Landry. He comes over from Miami. He's definitely the top wide receiver option on roster, especially with the cloudy nature of the Josh Gordon situation. Obviously, Josh Gordon missing some time for personal reasons. Yeah. Dante Bowman always injured. Yeah, that's it's a mess. They've been kicking the tires on Des Bryant over there, too, yeah. in Cleveland. So that, that could be a late signing that uh, is worth paying attention to. Dante Moncrief is new in Jacksonville. He comes from Indy. They paid him a lot of money, and right now he's... Fourth on the depth chart among their wide receivers behind Marquise Lee, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, and then they also drafted D.J. Chark in the second round. This is a situation where it's five wide receivers vying for two to three spots on the field. I don't want anything to do with the Jacksonville wide receivers unless it's in like an MFL 10's best ball where you just grab one in the 18th round. 
and hope that they pop off and you don't have to worry about starting or sitting them in any given week. Sammy Watkins moves from the L.A. Rams to Kansas City. He's a completely different type of wide receiver than the Chiefs have had basically since Dwayne Bowe left the Chiefs. He's different than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's the little speedster. Sammy Watkins is a field-stretching big dude. It's he, al- just, he also cut his dreadlocks. Oh, so did he? Less wind resistance. Oh, that's true. The back of his yeah. Helmet. yeah. Problem is, it's his third offense in two years. And he's with another young, unproven quarterback. I'm very nervous about Sammy Watkins. Finally, let's talk about the L.A. Chargers situation. There's Tyrell Williams versus Mike Williams for the second wide receiver spot. Uh, huh? I, they both just blew out their knee, I heard. Oh, did they? No, just kidding. I but know, they, they but that, that's yeah. something that will happen on the Chargers this year. What a cursed franchise. Oh, my gosh. Unreal. Everybody's going down. So Hunter Henry blew out his knee earlier in uh, OTAs and uh, and that kind of thing. Antonio Gates is still not there. He might be coming back. So there's lots of red zone targets available here. Now remember, Mike Williams was the seventh overall pick in the draft last year. He missed most of last season due to injury. But Tyrell Williams was the guy who really stepped up in 2016 when Keenan Allen went down and was out for the year. And Travis Benjamin's always kind of a slot deep threat guy. So he's there, but... I don't know. I don't know how to view this one. I know Brian has always been a Tyrell Williams guy. I kind of like the upside of Mike Williams. They're going about the same place in ADP right now. What do you think, Brian? I like Williams here. You like Williams? Yeah. You're going to go with Williams? <laughs> don't put this bad juju on me. I don't That's know. That's a smart way to play. I, well, I, we've seen Tyrell do it sparingly, albeit, yeah. but, but I haven't seen it from Mike Williams, so I, I uh, defer to uh, Tyrell at the moment. But yeah, Mike has potential, or you'd like to believe so, but he's going to blow out his knee in uh, the next few minutes here. Real quickly, I'll go over a couple of the new faces and new places. Danny Amendola went from New England to Miami. He's probably wide receiver one there over Devontae Parker, in my mind. Uh, The Patriots added a couple of wide receivers with Minnesota ties. Eric Decker and Cordero Patterson. Decker was just signed this week after the Pats released Jordan Matthews uh, due to an injury. Patterson, they said, we're going to figure out ways to get him the ball because he's he's really an electric guy when he gets the ball in his he hands. Is. It's just getting the ball to his hands that's the tough part. Uh, Terrell Pryor went from Washington to the Jets. Pryor's on his last life in the NFL. He really has one last shot. He's going to give it everything he got. He, he he was injured most of the last year, too. Yeah, so, and he was on Washington team. That's true. It's just a curse. But, yeah, I, I got to eat a little bit of crow for... Uh, my prior ranking last season, but your prior ranking of prior, my prior ranking of prior, but I was only even had him ranked two years ago when he actually was a thing. So there you I'm, go. I'm, I'm calling myself breaking even yeah, on the. You prior. are breaking but even. But he's a, he's a great dart throw, I think. In your last round of draft, why not? Any more before we go to break, Mister Harris? One more set. It's Jordy Nelson and Martavis Bryant. Oh, Oakland. Jordy. Jordy came from Green Bay. Martavis from Pittsburgh. Nelson has never had success with any other quarterback outside of Aaron Rodgers. It's true. Uh, He was bad with the backups last year. It was so bad. And Martavis Bryant wanted out of Pittsburgh really, really badly. He's still a big play threat. He's young. Both of these guys probably combined to form Michael Crabtree's numbers in Oakland last year, so I'm a little nervous there. I'm not drafting either of them until I see something. I, 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 I really want to avoid both of those guys at all costs. The Raiders in general, really, for me. Yeah, it's just a mess. It's a zoo. Okay, well, if one of them gets better... Uh, if you have Derek Carr that gets better, you have uh, Amari Cooper who drops balls in big spots. Uh, the talent is there. The consistency has never been there. Uh, Oakland is a weird spot. I think Derek Carr is the one guy that I might take because 
he's the only one that I know will be able to have full control yeah. of his position. He's uh, due for oh. positive touchdown regression, without a doubt. Uh, let's uh, let's get back on track. We'll get to break, and then when we come back, we'll hear from Brian. Uh, we'll hear NFC. We'll hear training camp battles. We'll hear more names to know. Uh, again, Fantasy Football Weekly opening day here on The Fan, 24th season of it. And uh, we're refamiliarizing ourselves, recalibrating ourselves uh, as the fantasy football season is about to lift off. Uh, it's Nordo, it's Matt Harrison, it's Brian Johnson, and it's uh, Tony behind the glass. This is Fantasy Football Weekly right here on The Fan. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Football Weekly on the Fan. It's Eric Nordquist in for Paul Charchian. I assure you, he'll be back next week. And uh, by my side is Fantasy Football Weekly cohorts. It's Brian Johnson. It's at BTXJ on Twitter. And it's Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. And uh, these guys both Fanball League Safe affiliated. And uh, they got all the answers today. And, again, just recalibrating ourselves into the 2018 fantasy football season. Uh, You heard from Matt some AFC things uh, last segment, things to look for, weaving in off-season moves, some training camp battles, and just kind of the fun part of analyzing and navigating this time of the season. Uh, Let's get to Brian now, whether it's NFC, it might be some off-season bits, it might be training camp battles. Uh, give us what you got, Mr. Johnson. Yeah, let's be a little uh, hybrid, uh, new faces and training camp battles in the NFC. Let's um, let's start with uh, the Bears wide receivers, shall we? Uh, first off, the Bears thankfully cut ties with uh, dumb as rocks, John Fox, the worst play caller. <laughs> well, I mean, he's possibly. only been to two Super Bowls, but I mean, just, you know. Yeah, all right. Well, just rip him while yeah. I'm talking fantasy football. Oh, okay, here. yes. Reality yeah. football, who cares? My fault for talking. Nope. <laughs> All good, Nordo. You know I love you, buddy. <laughs> but uh, new coach in Chicago, Matt Nagy, the former offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. The yeah. Chiefs ranked fifth in yards and sixth in points last year. I'm excited about this offense and their new acquisition, Allen Robinson, clear-cut number one wide receiver there now. Coming off the the knee injury last year, full-on go. It's looking good. I don't think he got a ton of run on Thursday night, but... None of the starters. I would imagine that he didn't now. No. Yeah, nearly 50% of uh, targets are vacated on the Bears' offense from last year. Uh, Their best wide receiver last year was Kendall Wright. Yeah. So, Allen Robinson, huge upgrade, huge upgrade for that receiving core. But uh, the question is, who's the number two guy? Who's it going to be? Kevin White? No. He's still in the league, surprisingly, though. Yeah, Remember out. Kevin White? Yeah, that's a bad situation. <laughs> He's like in his third year. Yep. Uh, what about Taylor Gabriel, though? He got all that fresh free agency yeah, cash. He, yeah, he did. Uh, uh, he let, seems Well, Scott yeah. Fish, are you listening? Oh, no, yeah, Scott want, Fish. Give me, Fish give me a couple other names, though. Anthony Miller. Yeah, that's the guy that I'm targeting. Yeah, yeah. He's the uh, he's the sexy rookie everyone's targeting. But hey, what about Javon Wims? Ooh. Who just caught seven uh, passes for 89 it yards? seems like you're on a Wims with yeah. that one. Oh, but uh, but yeah, it's a it's an exciting offense. But um, that's it for the Bears wide receivers. Now to the Cowboys wide receivers. <laughs> he starts laughing. Uh, it's Alan Hearns. He's, Alan Hearns. He's wearing a Giants T-shirt, so he laughs at the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, I love to. Uh, <laughs> Alan Hearns is the new acquisition. Looks to be the number one guy there. Uh, might be playing out of position though. He was more of a slot guy in Jacksonville. Uh, but Cole Beasley 
they're not going to move him to the outside unless he managed to grow like seven inches in the offseason, which I doubt. But you got Alan Hearns, you got rookie Michael Gallup, who people seem to be galloping towards. Oh, God, that was just, no, no. 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 I'm in on it. That's cool. You're outnumbered. We'll allow it. (laughs) And then, I don't know, Terrence Williams. I don't know, but Des Bryant, Jason Witten, Bryce Butler, all gone from the Cowboys. That's 229 vacated targets. Something's got to give. One, who, do you, who are you going with? Hearns is the highest ADP. Gallup is second. Hearns are nothing. Hearns are nothing? Yep. All right. I'm down with that. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, let's stay in the NFC East and more pitiful wide receiver talk. <laughs> Washington team. We got Josh Oxen, Paul Richardson, the new acquisition, Jameson Crowder, and then there's Jordan Reed, too. He might be the number one wide receiver on that team. But it doesn't really matter who the number one wide receiver is on Washington because during Jay Gruden's tenure, um, the top wide receiver in his offense has garnered only 17 to 20% of the target share, which is well below the league average. So there's just a lot of competition for targets here. If I'm picking one, I'm going Paul Richardson because he's the lowest ADP. But none of these guys are standing out to me. Nope. He's going to feed everybody. Yep. And uh, okay. Which means nothing's good for fantasy. No. And while we're talking Jordan Reed, over under, how many games played this this year? Six. Six? You taking the over or the under on that? I'm taking the over. I'm going to say he plays 12 games. I'll, do- I'll dollar bet you at the end of the season Perfect. and take the under. There we he, go. Ne- he never plays 12 games. That's right. He's always hurt, but elite when he's on the field. <laughs> they got Chris Thompson, I think, that's injured. I mean, that offense is, is in disarray yeah. right now as Alex Smith tries to figure it out. Jordan Reed is a stiff breeze away from his ninth concussion. Nice. Yeah. All right. I got more receivers to talk about. Guy I love, Cameron Meredith, going over to the Saints. Oh, yeah? Fully healthy. Highest paid receiver on the team, by the way. So he will be utilized. He's going to push Ted Ginn for uh, outside duties as a starting wide receiver. Saints, shockingly, don't only run three receiver sets less than 50% of the time. So Meredith might struggle to find playing time, but I don't think so. I still think he beats out Ginn for the starting job. Okay. uh, so Michael Finish. Thomas gets everything. Michael Thomas gets everything. So we're fighting for the second spot. Yeah, okay. basically. But, uh, you know, the Saints are going to bounce back big time offensively. They were more of a running team last year, but I see Drew Brees uh, coming back. Uh, Michael Floyd probably not draftable at this stage. Former Viking, former Cardinal. No. He's still in the league? He's on the Saints? He just signed, he just signed <laughs> with the Saints. Breaking, well, that tells news. Breaking, breaking news. That tells me everything I need to know about his fantasy prowess. <laughs> Perfect. Well, while we have you here, Nordo, you've yeah. you're been at camp every day with the Vikings. Who's going to win the, the slot role, Kendall Wright or Laquan, uh, Laquan Treadwell? Who do you like? Um, I have no idea. I'm just going to be honest with you. I like what Laquan Treadwell is doing in camp, but none of that means anything until we see preseason games. Kendall Wright has been, much like Laquan, a very underperforming former first-round pick. Yep. And as you mentioned him with the Bears, uh, it didn't inspire... Uh, excitement and confidence that he was probably one of the most reliable targets for Trubisky and company in Chicago, and now he's coming here fighting for his life for an opportunity on this offense. So um, I am rooting for Laquan, and I have actually seen very quality play out of Laquan That's good. Uh, so far in training camp. I remember being at a Vikings game and seeing a Laquan Treadwell catch, and I was like, oh. This is like seeing the Easter Bunny. Yeah, that. Well, he had the one-handed catch against uh, against the Packers last season, um, and then it's crickets from there on out. Yeah, I mean, he's been it's two full seasons without a touchdown. So this is this is make it or break it for him. That's a lot of Laquan, Laquan Treadwell talk. Too much, yeah, almost a little too much. Too much. Uh, let's talk about running backs. Uh, probably the most intriguing battle right now is in Seattle between 
Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Yeah. Uh, people were have been drafting Penny like he's the, the, the true bell cow. Yeah, they're drafting him like third, fourth round yeah. in a lot of situations. Jumping to serious conclusions there. Um, look, Seattle doesn't have a very good run game. <laughs> they don't have a good offensive line. They, they don't, don't have, have much going on. Line. Uh, Chris Carson is supposedly the lead back, according to Pete Carroll. Even though they drafted Rashad Penny in the first round, uh, I'm just not touching this backfield whatsoever. I've said it a few times already. I see Russell Wilson leading this team in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. For what you have to pay for Chris Carson, which is like a ninth or 10th round ADP on MFL 10s right now, I don't mind grabbing Chris Carson late Mm. and and stashing him and, and, and hoping... Good things happen there. I mean, but I'm, I'm not paying the Rashad Penny price. Basically, you just draft Russ and maybe Baldwin on that team, right? I mean, at this uh, That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. 80% of Seattle's uh, touchdowns came via the pass last year. And, uh, you know, that defense is a distant memory. So I see more. Yeah. They're, they're not going to be controlling the clock. It's going to be a shootout. Yeah. They're going to be uh, throwing a ton in yep. Seattle. So, yeah, I'm not liking that backfield a whole lot. Uh, another muddled backfield in Detroit. LeGarrette Blunt was just recently added. I've already. Did I talk about how much I hate LeGarrette Blunt already? I think I have. Yeah, that's that's good. good. Very ineffective and bad. So you got Carrion Johnson, rookie. Everyone's excited about. Theo Riddick will own the third down work for sure. But he's still around. Amir Abdullah, supposedly still a thing. Getting praise for his work in camp. I'm not. Here comes Javid Best and Mikel LaShore. Yeah, right? But uh, I want nothing to do with that. (laughs) Yeah, nothing to do with that either. This is another team. I, I love the passing game. So uh, I'm really out on these running backs. If i got to take one, it's Riddick and PPR. He's uh, one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL, as we all know. Let's see what else we got here. The NFC, yeah, it's not as enticing as the, the AFC. I'll tell you what. Um, That's good. I don't. We want to talk about the Cowboys tight end battle? We no, gather, uh, no, we want to go to break. Yeah, let's go to break or take a call. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's talk DJ Moore versus Curtis Samuel. No, let's not no, do that no. either. Hey, DJ Moore's going to be good. Uh, let's do this, actually. We will go to break, and when we come back, it'll be five tough questions. Now, with an hour left in the show, there's an opportunity for you, the Rubes, uh, with big spot questions, because I know people within the next week, I mean, people, some people are already drafting. You can go to fanball.com. Um, we are going to talk about the best ball, those yeah, NFL 10s that you're talking about. Yeah. I'm doing a league tomorrow, and uh, I'm excited to do it. So we're going to talk about final hour variations of gameplay, including these best ball leagues that are badass, guillotine, empire, thievery, some super flex bits, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, but room for your calls, room for your emails. Bradshaw and Brian inbox, booth at kfan.com, 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326. An opportunity for you to float your ideas. Sometimes when you're alone with your thoughts, those thoughts can be terrible. So share them with us, and we can provide some elite intel via Brian Johnson, via Matt Harrison, and I'm just going to sit back and dial up the calls themselves. It's Nordo in for Paul Charchi and Fantasy Football Weekly right here on The Fan. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. And- Welcome back. One more hour of Fantasy Football Weekly in play. Happy Saturday. Eric Nordquist, or Nordo, you can call me that. That's all good. I'm in for Paul Charging today. Blessings to Charge, his brother and family today. He'll be back, though, next week when the Fantasy Football Weekly crew, uh, they head down to New Ulm, Shell's Brewery. I'm very jealous of this because uh, Grain Belt Beer kicks ass. Shell's Brewery kicks ass. 
And they're doing the show at Shell's Brewery. Uh, so that's next Saturday, the 11th. And then two weeks from today, uh, you're going to get to listen to Vikings Jaguars on Saturday, the 18th, right here on The Fan, your home for Vikings football. And then you can listen to Fantasy Football Weekly or attend it at the Fantasy Football Training Camp at Canterbury Park. It's in the Canterbury Expo. That's Saturday, the 18th at 4 p.m. And uh, it's going to be Matt Harrison. It's going to be uh, Brian Johnson. It's going to be Scott Fish. Yes. It's going to be Paul Charchian. And they're going to be at Canterbury from 4 to 6 on the air. Typical Fantasy Football Weekly show. They'll do the hardcore, deep dive stuff that casual fantasy individuals like myself, you know, we might kind of drift off a little bit. But for the hardcores that are in the business of making fat cash during fantasy season, yeah. uh, this is where they get paid with you guys. Uh, again, that's uh, that's going to be Saturday the 18th, thanks to Crown Royal. Uh, Crown Royal, uh, Devani's, Big O Tires, uh, Grain Belt, of course, is always in the mix. And, uh, and Fantasy Football Weekly gets off to a running start. And- There's always about a 1,000 people at Fantasy Football Training Camp. And there's plenty of seating. That expo year. seating is is huge. But there's always about a 1,000 people. So Yeah, wherever you guys have done it in the past, previous locations, and now the Canterbury Park Expo is badass. So yeah. you're going to want to be there. And, I mean, think about it. So you got Vikings-Jags, uh, which will be heated after the two joint practices earlier in the week. So that'll mm-hmm. be a fun game to watch, even though it's preseason game two. You're going to have Ponies, full racing car that Saturday at Canterbury, and you're going to get fantasy football. Uh, and you get uh, you get Sunday to recoup. I mean, that's pretty cool. So I might play some Pie Gow after there, too, at the Card Club. Of course you will. Heck yeah. It's all fun all the time at Canterbury Park. KFAN.com, keyword events uh, for all the information on that. Uh, I had mentioned it pre-segment, though, as part of this, uh, this particular part of Fantasy Football Weekly. Uh, it is time for five tough questions. Devani's hot question number one. Five tough questions. Now here, full disclosure to those listening here. Um, I have the questions. <laughs> but Charge, you know, he he was it was so important to him that he gave me the answers. Nordo, thanks for filling in today. It's awesome. Love you. I'm gonna get you these answers though, because you're gonna have no idea what the right answer is. And don't trust Matt and Brian. Did he say that? He never. He oh, never gave, He never gave me the answers. Doesn't surprise me. You don't need me. the answers because he always agrees with everything we say. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. There's never dissension in the group. No, never. Uh, and so I think we're starting five for five this year, right, Brian? Oh, no yeah. doubt about it. Um, so here, this is for for Matt and uh, and for Brian, uh, my experts in studio today. Your experts in fantasy football love. Uh, tough question number one is Nick Foles, the rare quarterback. Handcuff. Take it away, Matt. I'm going first. So we may have more clarity on Carson Wentz before your draft begins because he's practicing. He is. And if it looks certain that Wentz will miss the first few games of the year, Nick Foles is an excellent handcuff. Although I'd say once Wentz returns, once Wentz, I'd be using the Foles roster spot for someone else. So... I think if you're drafting right now, it's a yes. But if we know any clarity on the Wentz situation and Wentz is listed as the starter in week one, Foles is not a handcuff quarterback. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I agree with you, Matt. And it's a, it's a favorable schedule for the Eagles uh, passing game to start the season. Uh, Falcons, Bucks, 
Colts, Titans. Not a strong secondaries there. So, yeah, Foles proved he was more than capable of running that offense. Absolutely. Wentz doesn't start the season for whatever reason. Uh, you want to have Foles handcuffed to him on your roster. Uh, you both are absolutely correct. Yeah! 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 Right. I, I've never heard anything more brilliantly and more <laughs> eloquently stated than, than what you two both said. I think it's interesting that, that Foles is a full go uh, in camp right now. He is practicing every day. Uh, but there really is, there, there isn't necessarily a rush. Uh, who is it again that they, they open up with in the season? Uh, Atlanta. At, well, see, that's, they, yep. they get to host Atlanta. Yeah. And then, yeah, Bucks next week, that's a good matchup. Colts, great matchup. And is it possible that it's pesky because it's the Thursday nighter for the opener? They get a little less time. Maybe Carson Wentz need the, needs those three extra days. Yeah, but what if, <laughs> but maybe there's, maybe there's just not a hurry. Yeah. You know, in terms of just getting him and, you know, him practicing every day doesn't mean that the the sharpness and everything True. is back in play. Can you uh, imagine, though, if, sorry, I'll cut you off. If, you no, know, if Wentz doesn't start the season and Foles does, uh, and he, you know, carves up his first two or three opponents. Holy, 500 yards and four touchdowns. Holy QB yeah. controversy on your hands. But uh, No, but, the, uh, fan, the fan, but he was on track to have an MP, MVP season before he, before he had the injury in L.A., so... Um, and and we we know what Philly fans are like. All right, we know they they can be brutal, they can be negative, but uh, yeah, I love I love how you guys answered the first question. Let's move on. Devonnie's hot question number two. God, how good would some Devonnie's be right now? Uh, this is the second tough question. Who will lead Browns running backs in fantasy points? Uh, we'll start with Brian this time. Yeah, I, I made sure I asked Charge. He said uh, this isn't in PPR scenarios. So um, you got Carlos Hyde, the new acquisition. Yep. Chubb, the rookie, and then Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, clearly the best pass catching back on that team, possibly in the NFL. Duke Johnson had one fewer catch than AJ Green and Doug Baldwin last Ooh. year. More catches than Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Brandon Cooks. <sighs> Todd Gurley even. And the list goes on and on. I just see Chubb and Hyde kind of, you know, equalizing each other. And Duke Johnson's going to soak up a ton of targets, a ton of catches. And especially if Josh Gordon doesn't get his head right, uh, Duke's in line for a bigger role, so I'm going Duke. Yeah, I looked back at uh, Hugh Jackson's career, and I think if this was a scenario where it was Carlos Hyde alone or Nick Chubb alone, I'd be answering one of those guys, but I came to the same conclusion as Brian. Hugh Jackson had a runner and a pass catcher in Cincinnati. Jeremy Hill led in fantasy points over Gio Bernard in 2014 and 2015. In 2016, when Hugh got to Cleveland, Isaiah Crowell led over Duke Johnson. Last year, Duke led the fantasy points over Crowell, but it was kind of a weird season where Kroll only had two touchdowns the entire season. Yeah. Add two or three touchdowns to his backfield, and he wins that, that scenario. Was so. one of them against the Vikings, by the way, in, in, in London? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. You guys are all about numbers and stats. I'm so, just thinking about old Vikings games. So, and anyway, Griffin in the damn foot. Duke's uh, the only one with yeah. a clear role. Brian teed it up perfectly. It's it's Duke Johnson. That's the answer. Uh, you guys are both absolutely correct. Yes. I think uh, Nick Chubb has learning curve. Oh, uh, we're peacocking. Uh, it's back. Peacocking. I, I think Carlos Hyde, this is less a move about a great opportunity to solidify that running game as it is for him to maintain his NFL career as things have kind of started to uh, drift down the line as he was uh, 
in San Francisco. Uh, you guys are two for two. I mean, this this is fantastic. I can't I'm, beat it. I'm envisioning Charge just like shaking his fist in the air like, yeah. these are not correct. Giovanni's uh, <laughs> hot question number three. Uh, these questions just aren't hard enough. But here's here's one that I really like. So we remember the Philadelphia Eagles. It was the three-headed attack of Jay Ajayi. It was LeGarrette Blunt, Corey Clement. Uh, I think they had Wendell Smallwood. Smallwood may have been injured. Sproles they had, and Sproles got injured. Now back in the mix, Blunt goes elsewhere. Um, will Jay Ajayi have 300 total touches in a full season with the Philadelphia Eagles? To get to 300 touches, you need to average 19 per game. Ajayi was suspended for week one last year, and he sat out week 17. He played 14 games. He averaged 16.5 touches per week over the season. And he only played seven regular season games with the Eagles, and in the first four weeks, he barely touched the ball at all. He never topped nine carries in those first four weeks. And then that's over, with the Eagles. That's with the, the Eagles. Okay, he was yeah. learning the Eagles offense right, halfway right. through the year. Over the last three weeks, he had 16, 14, and 16 touches as they were ramping him up. Ramping him up. Then they gave him week 17 off to rest. And then in the playoffs, 18 and 21 in the two NFC round games. Only had nine touches in the Super Bowl, but that game was kind of a wide-open, weird game. game. And Blunt is gone, so he only needs two and a half more touches per game, and he was doing that anyway to hit the 300 mark. I think it's obvious that he hits 300 touches. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add there. Uh, I like his chances as well. I agree. Uh, 891 combined touches from Philadelphia running backs last year with three running backs. That's nearly 300 each. Uh, and Ajayi, as Matt mentioned, just they ramped up his involvement in the offense as the season went on last year in Philly. He was averaging under four yards per carry with the Dolphins. He averaged 5.8 yards per carry with the Eagles last year. Uh, Darren Sproles is back, but he's also Darren Sproled. <laughs> no. But no, I like Jai's <laughs> chances for 300 touches. Let's say yes. And Charge definitely agrees. You guys are three for yeah, three. Yeah. This is the best five tough questions. There's no animosity. Yeah. Very little adversarial uh, nitpicking of each other. Uh, this couldn't have gone any better uh, thus far. Devani's hot question number four. Man, Jameis Winston, huh? Jameis Winston, quarterback, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can't uh, seem to keep himself out of trouble. Underwhelming 2017 season by a lot of accounts. Um, I guess maybe you guys look at it differently from a fantasy perspective as I did. Just the Bucks didn't look good on the field. Nope. Uh, and now he's going to be sitting out the first three games, which means uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy that can have success in very short stints. He'll get to start the season. Maybe he gets a win or two for the Bucks. Uh, but Jameis Winston, quarterback Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is he draftable in one quarterback leagues? Uh, quite simply, absolutely not. Uh, you know, first three games, that's about a third of the fantasy regular season. Correct. And <laughs> I, his ADP has plummeted, uh, understandably so, but right around his uh, range, I'd rather be going Case Keenum, uh, Eli Manning. Talk about Eli really quick. Yes, I'm wearing a Giants t-shirt. What? Odell Beckham, top three wide receiver, right? Saquon Barkley, top five running back. We can say that they're all top 10. How about that? They're all top 10. Throwing Shepard, except Eli. Eli's down. All these guys are Eli's like 25th or 26th in ADP, and everybody else on the offense is going to finish in the top 10. Yep. Yeah. Somehow. Evan Ingram, a top 10 tight end, maybe? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. I smell what the brine's cooking. Uh, so, quite simply, no, don't touch Jameis Winston in one quarterback leagues at all. Look at him on the waiver wire when he comes back, but draft, no. Yeah, I, the only thing I'll add to that is because Brian's completely right. Dirk Cutter didn't guarantee him his job back from Ryan Fitzpatrick when he yeah, returns. Everything's negative with him. If And if you're in a one-quarterback league and you've drafted a Brady, a Rodgers, a Breeze, a Russell Wilson, there's four of the teams. There's a third of your teams right there. You don't need a second quarterback on your roster if you've got those four guys. So just forget that. So the rest of the teams, they're looking at two guys. They're looking at different guys. And, and they're looking at guys that aren't going as late as Winston, who's the 21st quarterback off the board right now. And you can get guys like Mitch Trubisky, Case Keenum, Eli Manning, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor to fill in for a week for a bye week. You don't need a second quarterback in a one QB league. This might be the deepest quarterback class or whatever. Of, of all time. Of all time. Yeah. Nice football, yeah. It's, it's insane. Uh, you guys are four for four. Uh, we knew it. Finally. Let's just say five for five. Devani's hot question <laughs> number five. Well, this, I mean, this this could be, this is this is juicy here, guys. It's okay? juicy. Final question. Five tough questions. Um, Jordy Nelson goes to Oakland. And Aaron Rodgers, he, uh, he's he got Devontae Adams. He's got uh, Geronimo Allison. Uh, help me before I start looking stupid. <laughs> Jamon Moore. Jamon Moore. Equinamia St. Brown. And uh, and of course the uh, the thirty million dollar acquisition of uh, Jimmy Graham, yeah. So and when you look at the Packers in twenty eighteen, who will be second? I assume he's he's meaning that Devontae Adams is yeah. going to be the number one target. Uh, who finishes second in receiving fantasy points for the Packers? Guy, I hope Brian has a different answer than me. I'm guessing he probably won't though. I got Jimmy Graham. He's slow. He's not who he used to be, but he's still a red zone threat. And the Packers throw in the red zone at among the highest rates in the league. So get this. Jimmy Graham led the league in red zone targets and red zone touchdowns last season. He scored on all eight catches inside the 10, which we call the infrared zone on this show. In Rodgers' last three healthy seasons, he's thrown over 94 red zone passing attempts in every season, including the 2016 season where he threw 115 red zone passing attempts. Do you know how many touchdowns Rodgers threw from inside the red zone in 2016? Uh, no, I don't. 33. My God. Jimmy Graham's a red zone target. He's going to throw a lot of red zone touchdowns. It's probably the It's going to be Jimmy Graham. Are you going to say Randall Cobb here, Brian, or are you just going to agree? <laughs> Well, if I disagree, could we still both be right? But no, I agree. It's, it's <laughs> going to be Jimmy Graham. It, he could lead the team uh, in receiving points, uh, without a doubt. The Packers do run three receiver sets nearly 85% of the time, or they have in recent history. So Devontae Adams, a clear-cut number one receiver. I'm not sold on who's going to be better Th- between Cobb. This is and- one of those ones where Charch would have gone, it's going to be Devontae Adams. Ha-ha! Yeah. That's totally what Charch was going to do yeah. with this here. So I'll say that. Yeah. Devontae Adams. <laughs> We're both right. You're you're both yeah. completely on point, yeah. on correct. Five five for five. I mean, I I think Devonte. I mean, Devontae Adams. Kind of the turnaround that he had two years ago and sure. what he's become. I think he's the clear number one favorite. But I mean, if they go 2016 on it and suddenly Graham has 12 or 13 red zone touchdowns, I mean that's. I mean, he, I don't think you'll go wrong. He might only catch options. 45 balls all season, but he might still Double get 10 touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, 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 no doubt about it. 
Uh, that's five. Qu- is there a close to this, Tony? No close. That's five tough questions. Uh, thank you to Devonis. Now I'm hungry. Um, let's take one call before we go to break, though. I do want to take one awesome. call. This is our this is our our first call um, of the of the 24th season of Fantasy Football Weekly. It goes to Reed Scott in oh. Minnetonka. Oh, uh, Scott, what's up? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Welcome back. Um, say I am in a PPR Empire League, and I have Ezekiel Elliott as my first running back. And Joe Mixon as my second. Obviously, last year was pretty frustrating. But what are your prospects for Joe Mixon this year? Thanks, Scott. Well, uh, let's uh, let's answer that before we go to break here. Uh, Joe Mixon, year number two, as they try to work him into the bid. I think Jeremy Hill now gone, right? So now yep. it's it's Joe Mixon. Is Geo still there? Geo's still there. He'll Geo will factor in on third down for sure. But uh, I, I, Mixon will have a better year than last year, and really his struggles. Were not because of him. It was because of the offensive line was one of the worst in football. He was getting con, you know, he wasn't getting past the line of scrimmage before he had tackler. No, he he, he fought for every yard he got on his own. But uh, he's in better shape. That line is better. So I, I like a big bounce back from Mixon. Definitely take him over Jarek McKinnon in any draft. There we go. <laughs> wow, get a McKinnon dig in there. Uh, any disagreement uh, from you? No, I like Mixon quite a bit. As I'm looking here, so they have they got Jake Fisher. They must have pulled court. They pulled Cordy Glenn from the Bills. So the offensive line, and they and they drafted Billy Price from from Ohio State. So the the offensive line should be a little bit better uh, after they just hedged talent uh, two years ago uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Anyway, uh, when we come back, Scott and Tonka mentioned the Empire League. Uh, there are several unique ways. Ah, yes. Now there there are those that like me that you know we don't like change. Okay, so we have trouble dealing and dipping our toes into unknown waters. Uh, but there are very cool ways outside of the norm to play fantasy football. And for those of you that are obsessed with new ways to make money and dive into the NFL season, uh, there are variations of fantasy football gameplay uh, that I want to hear about uh, from Matt Harrison and from Brian Johnson. Uh, it's Nordo and for Charge. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Uh, more coming your way next. You're listening to The Fan. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back, Fantasy Football on the Fan. Your soundtrack to Austin, Texas, and South by Southwest. It's Paul Charchi and music right here on the Fan, and it's Nordo in for Paul Charchi, and he'll return next week. Uh, again, uh, the Fantasy Football crew down at Shell's Brewery, uh, and they're going to be. Uh, doing fantasy football. It'll be Grain Belt beer involved. It'll be delicious. Uh, get to KFAN.com, keyword events, and just get to that events page and find out because it's some cool events down at Shells next week. Uh, you're at uh, Canterbury two weeks from now for the fantasy football training camp. Get and, then, and then we're at the State Fair oh, two State weeks Fair in a row. Wait, we're, we're, we're on scene four weeks straight. You know what? Shells really, it shouldn't be called the Shells Brewery because it's like a compound. It's more than just a brewery. Oh, gosh. It's, like it's an estate. A compound it, it's so lush cool. Acreage and yeah, we said peacocks roaming freely. Like they make it's, German beer, right? Yeah, it's it feels yeah. like you're in Germany. Yeah, it's, it, like it's so it's bizarre. Like you're you just entered a different world. No, as as a Mankato native, I've been familiarized with uh, with Shell's Brewery for a very long time. Whether it's Bach, it's uh, it's Firebrick, it's uh, you know now that now they have of course premium and, and the grain belt stuff yep. uh, as part of their stable as well. They had this beer called Howenstein. It was more, let's just say, economical. 
for those of us in college that uh, needed to get uh, as much as we could for as little of what we had. If Charch were here, he'd mention that Grain Belt is the official beer of fantasy football and oh, that certainly. Grain Belt Blue is yummy. That's very, what Charch would say. Very yummy. Uh, it is good. No, Grain <laughs> Belt Blue is awesome. I'm more of a Northeast guy myself, uh, and I'm just OG premium as well. But, oh, Nordo uh, likes Northeast. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. They named it after me. Thank you, Grain Belt. Uh, Chad in Bloomington. How you doing, man? Thanks for holding. Oh. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, what up, brother? What Sorry do you about got? that. I was sleeping there. No, that's fine. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm so pumped up. Welcome back for this, another season of 2018 Fantasy. Hell yeah. yeah. God, why am I so childish when this comes? I can't wait. Because it's fun. All right, well, anyways, can I have two quick questions? Sure. This one's kind of off the bar a little bit, but we're in a 14 league. I'm drafting on Friday night over friend's house. 14 person league. We added two guys last year. That was stupid because I think 12 is enough in snake draft PPR. And when we pick, we pick the computer, you know, okay, let's get number one pick on the computer or whatever, four or five or nine. Yep. No, if I, but then if I get the pick, I could trade it or I could switch it if there's an open spot. Now out of the 14 teams, where do you think would be the best one to go? You know what I mean? Where you could get better draft quality, you know, coming back down. So one of the position. Uh, Brian and I earlier this morning hosted a show on Sirius XM called MFL 10s Weekly where we talk about draft positioning and a, and a lot of stuff like that. Oh, give me that, give me that again so I can write that down. MFL 10s Weekly. It's on Sirius okay. XM. Um, just go to fanball.com. Yeah. We, pre- we prefer actually that you, you would just go to fanball.com. That's good. Good plan. Good plan. Um, but, but, we dig pretty deep into what's the best position in a draft, and we have 12-team drafts on MFL10s.com. And we found that the tail end of the first round is a really good spot to be because, in my mind, there's a 16-18 to player top tier, and then I think it falls off. So if you're near the 12, the 13, the 14, you're going to get that second guy in the second round and he's still going to be a premium player where you're not going to get that guy at the tail end of the second round if you have an early pick. Right. And in our draft, we've got about 10 God best friends have been there forever, and we're real okay. competitive like every other draft. But like we're a, little, we're a lot of the guys are running back heavy. Now, the second question, real quick, I was that's where I have a man crush right now for Sean Kyle Barkley of the Giants, even though he hasn't even played a snap yet in the NFL. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson coming back because he was awesome for a guy last year until he went down. And I just feel if he stays healthy, he'll be running like, you know, like an old cam back in the past. Hmm. Well, as we mentioned... Hey, thanks, Chad. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll answer this one off air. Yeah, yeah. Saquon, of course, Brian's going to have... I mean, he's got 20 minutes of free show on Saquon. Yeah. Uh, but then Deshaun getting healthy post-ACL as well. Saquon, you're probably going to have to draft earlier than the seventh pick. Seven is about where I think he, that he can fall to. And like, so Brian, like Brian said earlier, this is one of the deepest quarterback classes ever. So if you're looking at quarterback in round two already... I think you're kind of making a little bit of a mistake. I I would want to get two quality players, and if I was at the tail end of the first round, I'd look at like a Keenan Allen and a Julio Jones kind of a guy at wide receiver, maybe yeah. a Michael Thomas. He's fallen right about there, and then like a Dalvin Cook kind of a guy who's sitting right there. You pair a good running back with a good wide receiver, and then wait until could you get a Russell Wilson at 35? Yeah, you should be, you should draft. be able to see a Russell Wilson in the third or fourth round if you want a primo oh, let's go. quarterback, oh, yeah. but. I'd still wait till the sixth or seventh round to get a quarterback. Okay, especially yep. in a fourteen-team league. Agreed. 
Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. Uh, six for to, six. Thanks to Chad. Yeah, <laughs> six for six. Extra tough question from Chad in Bloomington. Uh, I did want to get through this uh, this segment, though, and I'm just going to run through because I'm always, you know, it's typical. It's, uh, you know, you get some leagues have a flex. Some don't have a flex. You know, variations, team defense, kicker, you know, all of these things. Um, but the unique and the evolution of fantasy football, which makes it so fun, is how to get creative with the leagues themselves, different ways to engage you as uh, as somebody that's uh, that's trying to compete for cash at the end of the season. So I had some questions about these things. So okay. I'm going to start with this. Now, this is something that Charch, uh, that I heard from Charch, who's talked about on the Friday Football Feast uh, for nearly nine, ten months now, feels like. Maybe an entire year is guillotine leagues. He's so, very excited about these. At the, so you have the league, let's say it's 12 you know, or so teams. Okay. At the end of each week... Now, it has to be 17 teams. Oh, it does have to be. Exactly. Ever, okay, so it has to be 17 teams. That's yep. why we got you here, Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Uh, 17 teams. And each week of the NFL season... The bottom scoring team. So it's not head to head matchups. Nope. It's purely the bottom scoring team. They are eliminated, guillotine yep. style. You're you're all play, you're all playing way, for points okay? in a it's, given week. No you one, just need to not be last. No one's actually dying here. Yep. Okay. There's not a physical guillotine. It's just that your team is eliminated from the league and the roster is pushed back into the waiver pool. How does that work? So when you push the roster back into the waiver pool, everybody uses free agent blind bidding. To and is this where you have the hundred dollar budget? Yeah, you get a hundred mythical dollars to go play with, yep. and then you you spend it on free agents. So, let's say for instance we're we're talking like it was 2017, and the team that drafted Le'Veon Bell had a bad week in the first week because Le'Veon Bell had a terrible week one last year. So all of a sudden that that team with Le'Veon Bell just got dropped, and Le'Veon Bell just entered your free agent pool. Oh wow! Then you have to take a look at. How much do I want to spend on this guy? And and try to plan ahead because all you got to do is continue to survive the next week and not get cut so you can get down to the last two guys at the end of the season. Yeah. And win. And it's it's all about spending your money wisely on on free agent acquisition. And god just making sure that you're cutting the right guy because midway through the season, you're cutting a really good player off of your fantasy roster. To pick up another really good player who just became available. One wrinkle I'd love to throw into guillotine league is, is if you do an auction instead of a draft, if you have any leftover auction dollars, yeah. that carries over to your blind bidding budget. Ooh, oh, that'd be fun, go. too. I That's like that. cool. I yeah. like that. But yes, uh, we have uh, guillotine leagues at safeleagues.com. Correct. Run by Scott Fish. So uh, if you're intrigued by this concept, which you should be, go to safeleagues.com. Check it out. Sign up. Now I'm intrigued by this. Next one, best ball. So I didn't hear about this until we hung out a few days ago. And the three of us hung out in a bar. It was great. It was, yeah. No, it was fantastic. <laughs> the setup, you guys, okay. That's, that's for <laughs> it was another a, time. It was a work meeting, though. Yeah, get it definitely twisted. a work right. meeting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best ball. So I'm going to do this league. Follow me on Twitter if you don't. At Eric Nordo, KFAN. You can participate in my first MFL10 league that I'm starting up tomorrow. Uh, best ball. So the idea is, is in your league, uh, you draft a full fantasy roster and bench. So that's 18. That's 20 players. 20 players. 20 players. Yep. Okay. So that's, you know, you're doubling up on your QBs. You're doing all these things. Full, full 20 player roster. Now, each week, 
the MFL 10 or the, the computer will automatically determine what your best possible starting lineup would have been, and that's your point total. Correct. You do not set a starting lineup. No. Nope. It sets it for you. You literally just set it and forget it. It's yeah. like Ronco. Ron Popeil, right there. Best ball. So what happens, though, is there's no matchups, per se, every single week. You're merely accumulating points each week based on those best possible lineups every single week. And at the end of the season, whoever has accumulated the highest point total is the is the champion of that league. Did I get that halfway correct? You did. And the, 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 that's like the standard format. We also have top three. So yeah. you just finish in the top three and you, yeah. you win. And, uh, we have different payout structures yeah, on MFL 10s. Yeah, rewarding second losers. Yeah. yeah, rewarding the you know the pitiful second and third yep. placers. Sure. But yeah, we got a, a brand new draft room. It's pretty awesome. We have live drafts now for MFL 10s. It's always been slow drafts for eight-hour clocks, but now we have one-minute live drafts and the class. Still have the, the slow drafts as well. Still have those. And, yep. uh, yeah, they're, you can run <laughs> multiple at a time. Uh, they're great fun. So yeah. the, the cool part about MFL 10s is you can go and use these. They're $10 entries. Yeah. You could win 100 bucks off of them. But you can also use them to prepare for your other drafts because you're actually drafting against real people mm-hmm. who really care, unlike mock draft boards. You don't have to do any in-season management once your draft is done. There's no trades. There's no pickups. There's no drops. Right. The waiver wire doesn't exist. You don't even have to start a lineup. You could set it and forget it for the entire season. You can follow along at MFL10s.com. But and that's the website. That, M as in Matt. As in Matt. Yeah. M F L ten. Is there an S? There is an S. Dot com. Yep. And if you go to fanball.com, there's a little there's there. a little link at the top of the screen that'll bring you to MFL tens dot com. Oh, that's right. Yeah. If you're at leaguesafe.com, same thing. You'll see a link there. You guys are you guys are generating like a family of websites on fanball.com. It's called the Sports Hub Games Network. And it's 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 a conglomerate is what's happening. Uh, and you, you mentioned this, and you showed this to me the other day, and, and the value in it is is doing this league. So set it and forget it, and it's 10 bucks. I get that. But you're actually getting a very realistic uh, idea of ADPs, you know. How people are drafting. Correct. Different strategies, what they feel. It's Which, a- for 10 bucks, you're basically, you're, you're almost pre-seasoning for your season long where you are setting your lineup and transactions and in and out and all of that as well. And oh by the way, you can win money. <laughs> oh yeah. And you can win cash. <laughs> well yeah, well we didn't say it. there's a Fanball introduced the new uh overall ten thousand dollar prize. So oh yes. Basically for the highest scoring uh MFL ten uh overall lineup. A, overall and, yep. uh, yeah for the whole season. As yep. long as it's a public league. Yep. You can create private leagues too for MFL tens, by the way. Yeah. Uh, let's do this because there is a very cool league that I'm excited about learning about, and we are backed up against the clock here. We want to take a break, and you know the Empire League. More and more people, Chad, of course, who just called in, he's familiar with it. The Empire League, we know what that is, and we might mention that Superflex as well. Thievery is something that actually really entices me <laughs> in terms of a variation of league gameplay. Uh, but final segment is next, whether it's phone call, 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326. I got a couple of emails here at the Bradshaw and Bryant booth uh, at KFAN.com inbox that I can get to as well. Final segment, a bit of potpourri, and uh, we will take your calls and emails. Anything that we missed throughout the first two hours, we might have time for that as well. Uh, but it's it's Matt Harrison, it's Brian Johnson, I'm Nordo in for Charge, and uh, final segment is next right here on The Fan. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan.
segment of the Fantasy Football Weekly 2018 kickoff, year 24. This show is really, it's an institution. It is. On KFAN. Well, it's the longest running fantasy football show in the world. And it's a beautiful thing. Every time I hear one of those songs, I just hear in my head Charch going, Welcome back to the show. Welcome back. And, that was my uh, best charge impression. I don't. No, I don't good. think it hit. But and you, you hear me. I'm Nordo. Typically yeah. nine to noon in for Paul Charchian. He'll be back. Uh, I, this might be the first uh, fantasy football weekly season opener that he's ever missed in those 24 years. I think it's the first episode he's ever missed. I think. Right. It, I, th- oh, wow. I, I don't right. believe he was on full time in the first season. Right. Okay. As host. Yeah. So he's a, yeah. Yeah. We miss you, Charge. See we you do. Next week. We do, and and you will see him, and you'll hear him uh, next week on these airways for Fantasy Football Weekly moving forward. Uh, final segment. We've covered so much today, and that's kind of it's it's an interesting part of the season because there's a lot of things to uh, you know dig into in terms of the off season moves. You guys hit hard on training camp battles. There's some unique uh, decisions uh, that fantasy football players are going to have to make. Uh, but last segment, what we talked about variations in gameplay, we hit on guillotine leagues, we hit on best ball, which is sweet. Go to mfl10s.com, mfl10s.com uh, to get uh, dig into these best ball leagues. These are sweet. It's basically like preseason for your regular draft leagues, um, and I'm going to be doing one tomorrow, so we'll pump that up on Twitter and all that, and you can draft and beat me and take my money and have fun with that. <laughs> uh, a couple more I want to dig into. Then I got uh, I got a couple of calls, some emails and, and stuff as we uh, kind of the cutting room floor. We take anything we've missed so far. Uh, Empire Leagues. Now, this isn't necessarily something that's new, but it's still something that's kind of gaining traction. Yeah. Um, simply enough to me as casual Rube, I'm not in a, an Empire League. It's essentially a dynasty league ongoing. Uh, and then there's the pot that builds. I believe it would be a percentage of everyone's dues year to year. Yeah. And then as soon as somebody wins the league twice in a row, or maybe that's a that's a function of what you decide for your particular Empire League. Could be three years in a row, whatever it is, uh you set that bar so that that pot goes to the uh the Empire that, that the Emperor created. The Emperor. Yeah. Uh is am I missing anything? Tell me more. Yeah, uh, well, well, go ahead, Matt. So we've we uh started an Empire League back at the League Safe office and we're going into year seven of it now. Oh sweet. So we're our our Empire pot's starting to get pretty big because we, nice. we put half of each entry fee into the Empire pot. So oh, wow. so half of the pot goes into the Empire pot. Um when you win two years in a row, and it's a dynasty league, so you keep everybody on all your rosters. Your whole roster moves over year to year. You can make trades for draft picks, you can make all sorts of fun trades. It's really like being the general manager of a team. But the one caveat is when you win the previous year, you've won your first title, you may not make trades in the subsequent year where you're trying to take down the Empire Championship. What? Yeah. To, to avoid collusion. To avoid collusion. Because oh, I, I don't want to go to Nordo and go, Nordo, I'm going to win the Empire League. The Empire pot is at $6,000. Yeah. I'll give you... I'll give you Twelve hundred. If you send me all of your good guys, I'm a Saquon Barkley yeah, away from winning. Exactly. You, okay, I, I see what's so, happening. That's to, a very good point. Yeah, to make sure that there's no collusion, God, no trades. It makes it really tough too. You can't just trust. You can't trust people anymore. Well, it's not a. It, it makes it hard too. I mean, it, you you can't 
you can't come in and just win two years in a row. It's really difficult. No, that's a very good point. And uh, Nordo said you're not in an Empire League, but not if you currently. want to join one, safeleagues.com again. Safeleagues.com. Ran Empire by Scott League. Fish. Ran by Scott Fish. Yeah. It's the Sports Hub conglomerate is basically yeah. what it is. Uh, let's get to this. This is something that I'm interested in. You have actually an even further uh, variation of this, the Thievery League. So yeah. I looked this up last night. And so each matchup, so every week you're matched up against the Cornholes or whatever XYZ team that you're, you're playing against, whatever witty... Of course, the Cornholes. Whatever witty, you know, pithy <laughs> name that someone has come up making fun of something or is just blatantly sexual in nature, who knows. Uh, this thievery uh, variation is that each matchup every week, the losing owner must expose a player that their, their winning opponent gets to swipe. So, for instance... It, and it's uh, it's uh, it's in line with the week number of the NFL season. So uh, I lose to a guy week one. That means I must expose one player to that person that they can take, and then they, uh, I believe, I get some sort of scrub back. Yeah, is is what the situation is. If I lose in week three, this is where it gets juicy. I got to expose three players. He gets to take one. I get a scrub back. Uh, kind of fill me in on on the rest of that. You you did it so succinctly there. You, you, is you, that it? You, That's you, all. You really explained yeah. it. And uh, yeah, this is pretty much uh, brand new. Yeah, as far as uh, fan ball is concerned. Uh, so and it gets I've crazy. never played, but I'm I'm going to. I'm excited for it. So yeah. if you're week nine, week ten, and you're on the grind at 500, trying to win two straight on the back end to make the playoffs. Yeah. And you take an L. Now suddenly you have to expose nine or ten of your team. Yeah. Uh, that can get negative in a real hurry. Uh, so the thievery leagues again. Basically, what I'm saying here with all of this, get to fanball.com, get to leaguesafe.com because they have these variations at your fingertips so that you can learn more and uh, and even participate in them and and make make fantasy football even greater uh, than it already is. But you have this bit vampire leagues. Yeah, I saw, uh, this I, is where the real blood sucking comes <laughs> into play. I saw somebody pop off of, on Twitter about this this weekend, and I thought it was kind of a fun idea. The idea was. In a 12-team draft, 11 teams get to draft, and the 12th team, the guy who draws the short straw, does not get to draft at all. He's left out in the cold. He's the vampire. But he gets to make a team of basically the waiver wire. He gets the waiver wire all-stars. He puts together a team that way. So 11 teams draft. Short straw is vampire. Vampire has to wait until draft is done. Yep. Then he picks up the table scraps from the wire. Exactly. Okay. So then... Let's say I'm the vampire and I have my crappy team in you week look one. Very nocturnal, and and I'm playing Eric in in week one. Yes, if I beat Nordo, it's very possible I'm off with 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 my team. It's a bad team. I got a guy. His hit, yeah. his starters are exposed, and I get to swap one of my starters for his starters. And this is purely your choice, by yeah. the way. If I if I can beat you as the vampire, yeah. I get I I get to suck the blood off of your team. So you Jeez. can you can choose to start your best possible lineup every week, or you could choose to not expose some of your better players. Like say you have Todd Gurley, and you're like, yeah, I don't know if I like the matchup this week for Gurley, and I just don't want to expose him. So you don't play Todd Gurley, giving me a better chance to win, but giving you the opportunity to keep Todd Gurley on your roster. My God. I mean, suddenly the vampire gets on a little bit of a roll here. Oh yeah, could be interesting. People might be punting against the vampire every week. It ju- just depends on how things go. Yeah. It, it, so that's the that's the vampire league. Um, 
Wow, that's very cool. Again, I don't think the vampire, that's not like, that's not a thing that you guys not necessarily endorse, but that's not part of it's, your. This is just one that I saw it's just, we're, we're recently, up and, and, and I thought it was a fun idea. Somebody came up with it on Twitter. I thought it was just a cool way to play. Uh, let me take a call. So for every expert, every Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter, at every Brian Johnson at BTXJ. Yep. Yes, that's it. On Twitter. It's four letters. It's easy. Just get them in order. On Twitter. For every expert like you guys, uh, there are casual fans like me that, again, just go off of the cheat sheet, cross their fingers to get out alive. Uh, there's the Johns in Eden Prairie who have never done fantasy football. They want to know where to start. What up, John? Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, so you you described it well. I, I listen to you. I think it sounds like fun, but none of my buddies are into it, and uh, I don't know much about it, but I'd like to try it. So uh, I, I, but when you say, you know, the description of some of these things get pretty complex, and I know that's not everyone, but nonetheless, I'm interested in doing it, but I don't want to lose my mortgage either, right? you know what I mean? So uh, I want a little guidance, and how can I get started as a, as a complete idiot? Where do I go, and how do I get started? I'm going so, to uh, let you go, and then we'll we'll answer it on the air, okay, John? Sounds good, thank you. All right, you. take care. So if you're looking for a specific type of league, and you just don't have the requisite friends to fill a 12-man league. Right. First off, ask around at your office. Say, hey, is anybody in a fantasy league where you need an open spot? That's a good way to start because at least you kind of know some somebody in the league. And I, I always think it's fun to play with people I know. Yeah. Um, that, that's a good way to start. But I'm it, like John. I don't have 11 friends to play fantasy football with, so I really got to scrounge. I don't have 11 league. friends. Have we mentioned uh, safeleagues.com? Yeah, sa- but <laughs> sa- safeleagues.com is a great place to start because you can do redraft leagues, you can do empire leagues, you can do the thievery leagues and the guillotine leagues. We have all of those available at safeleagues.com. Ran by a real commissioner, an impartial third party, Scott Fish, and he does a great job with them. They're they're clean, they're easy, they're not super expensive. I think the lowest Empire League is like 35 bucks. So you're not going to lose your mortgage. Yeah, you won't, your mortgage won't. is just 35 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if it is, I'm jealous. Uh, but but also uh, at League Safe, uh, we created something called the League Safe Classifieds this year. And you go to LeagueSafe.com slash Classifieds or just go to LeagueSafe.com and you'll see the button for it. And it's basically a classified list of I'm a commissioner. Yeah. I need people in my league. I've got I've got 10 members in this league and I need two more to get it going and Here's the options. There's multiple price levels. There's people doing $10 leagues. I saw some guy with a $2,000 league in there the other day. There's got, there's got to be at least a couple classifieds on safeleagues.com that says wanted. Person that has uh, no experience. Zero fantasy, fantasy experience. Football, but a certain amount of discretionary income to provide. Please come join this league full of ringers. Yeah. Uh, here's the email address. Uh, so the, the answer, John, is really... Um, I mean, you can do. There are there are very low cost leagues out there, so and, don't worry about the mortgage payment. That's in check. Uh, but whether it's playing with strangers to start and luring your friends into the mix as well, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Luring your friends in, <laughs> yeah. That's, but but that's the art of persuasion, and just keep listening to this show. We yeah, back. Uh, l- listening to this show is a great way to learn strategy, and Indeed. and also following people on Twitter, finding some good fantasy people online. It's a great way to just learn different things and see different stats and get things that you just normally don't find in a magazine or something along those lines. Uh, so last thing again, I'm in for Charchi, and he'll be back and all of those things. But one thing I'm always curious, you know, how you guys handle are, are situations where 
fantastic talents are injured and how to really determine their value in the following season. Yeah. A couple of guys, you know, I look at, and he, it was mentioned earlier from the phone call, didn't really dig too deep into it, but you have Deshaun Watson post-ACL, and you love what he did before he got hurt in Houston last year. Mm-hmm. He's out. David Johnson, I mean, absolutely incredible. Then he's out most of last year. I think it was a wrist or something, and then he just he was on the, he was on the uh, the IR uh, with no playoff aspirations for the Cardinals. And then here in Minnesota, he led the league in rushing through three and a half games. Uh, Dalvin Cook, yeah, comes up lame with the ACL. Now it sounds like he's full go in training camp and stuff. That's very exciting for Vikings uh, fans. Uh, with just a you know a couple minutes left here, you guys tell how do you handle situations like that? Maybe keying in on a guy like Dalvin Cook, who Vikings fans are excited about to help win games. But from a fantasy perspective, when you're putting your money on the line as well, yeah, uh, you know these scary knee injuries aren't as scary anymore the next year, especially, especially. when they're early in the season. Yeah, yeah. Cook was a uh, like Dalvin Cook, Allen Robinson. They got injured early on. Yeah, they're they're, uh, they're they're basically good to go. There might be a little rust there, but I'm not too worried about it. Uh, you know, David Johnson, that was a wrist That was injury. a wrist injury. So there's really no concern for him with me at all. I nope. mean, his wrist is fine. His legs are fine. So, uh, yeah, really, you get a, a good discount on guys like coming back from injury like that because of the recency bias that yeah. so many people uh, adhere to, which the, they shouldn't. But, uh, but yeah. The, the tough thing is the quarterback situation, and I know it's Deshaun Watson and it's Carson Wentz. Or both, Andrew Luck that's both, throwing both very similar for the first time in 18 months. <laughs> well, Luck's had a little time to recover. We hope. But of the top five quarterbacks, three of them in ADP right now with Watson, Wentz, and Aaron Rodgers missed a significant part of last season due to injury, but they're still all being drafted in the top five. So what average draft position ADP tells me is people don't believe it. People are going to draft them anyway because of their talent and their upside. Uh, 30 seconds left as we finalize this show here. Um Give me one sleeper apiece. I'll start with you, Matt. One sleeper. I know we left a lot on the table today, and I'm sorry. One we, sleeper before we go. We you. did. I kind of mentioned this guy earlier in the show, and it's Tyler Eifert. He missed almost the entire season with a back injury last year. Tons of red zone touchdowns. He's a big red zone guy, and the Bengals throw a lot in the red zone. So, Yeah, I'm loving uh, Manny Sanders in Denver. Uh, Case Keenum's a huge upgrade for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. We saw him support two top 15 wide receivers in Minnesota. And uh, you get... Manny Sanders three rounds later than Demarius Thomas, and they both have both have averaged eight and a half targets per game over the last three years. Equal opportunity, but uh, Sanders much cheaper. He'll be a top twenty-four wide receiver, going wide receiver thirty-three right now. Too low. Uh, there's not enough time to unload the brain power that you guys have. Thank you for letting me fill in for Charge today. And thank you for taking us to charge next week. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, Matt Harrison, again, at Explosive Output on Twitter. Brian Johnson, at BTXJ on Twitter. These are the familiar voices you'll hear every week. Charch is back with you next week. They're going to be at Shell's Brewery in New Ulm next weekend Woo! for fantasy football. All the action there. Two weeks from now, fantasy football training camp is coming to Canterbury Park. KFAN.com, keyword events for all the info there. I'm Nordo. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, and you're listening to The Fan. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan.